0: Hello and welcome to the Global Custodian Podcast. Um, we're back from uh, a rather extended summer break, um, and I guess in all that time, John, have we uh, have we managed to come up with a name for this podcast yet? Uh,
1: no, not that I know of. No, uh, we, we are we're down a man this morning, so Paul might be off trying to yeah. I'm sure um, he's, he's asking the on for, for a potential name. Okay, well we'll, we'll get there.
0: We'll we'll, we'll, stay, we'll stay updated on that. Um, as you may have noticed, I'm joined by John Watkins, editor of, uh, of Global Custodian here. Uh, and we're also uh, very privileged today to have a special guest. We have Jeff Conway, who's a CEO for EMEA at State Street. Hi there, Jeff. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks thank for you. Having me. No, no problem. problem. Um, before we uh, chat to Jeff, we're just going to uh, shift over to uh, to J-Dub, who's going to give us a bit of a news roundup. I thought you were going to ask me
1: about my summer. Uh, I Well, I could do. Yeah. I, I went to Canada. Yeah. I had a very nice holiday. So you want to show off? Well, I just yeah, I wanted to get that. It's like humble break, How about yourself? Yeah. Uh, I didn't go anywhere. No, okay. No. And Jeff, in my nice summer?
2: Yeah, uh, it feels like a long time ago, but I went to Cape Cod. Wow, nice. Uh, outside of Boston. Great. Free time.
1: <laughs> good stuff. So yeah, we're back and we'll, we'll get into it. So you want to do a news roundup? Yeah, I think that would be good. Good to start with, yeah. Great. Okay, so uh, this one straight in from this morning. So Northern Trust has uh, appointed Caroline Higgins, formerly of BBH, as its head of global fund services business in Asia and some of these other news bites are from the last week or two. But HSBC and Clearstream have teamed up to provide access to China's interbond market. Nordair Bank has opted for BNY Mellon as custodian of its US debt and equity portfolios. BNP Paribas Security Services has been selected to provide custody services via its New York affiliate branch to CME Clearing as it continues to expand its business in the US. Uh, Also central security depositories from China and Russia have signed an MOU with a particular focus on uh, post-trade block- blockchain applications, well, we're a minute in and we've mentioned blockchain already. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned it four or five times. <laughs> uh, and State Street has renewed its long-standing relationship with Pimco, while also agreeing to provide the investment manager with an additional range of custody services. Congratulations, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, we had a news piece earlier this week. Just to say, Esmer is con- uh, is urging the continuation of the CME Cmu initiative. Despite the UK's decision to leave the European Union at the end of June, by the way, the news there wasn't that the UK is leaving the European Union. Uh, I think that's been yeah yeah I covered we, we know about, about that. Enough. So, uh, Jeff, that's a good uh, good lead into our, our first kind of conversation topic here. Uh, CMU, uh, obviously, uh, the plan's been on the table for about a year now or so, but uh, the the impact of Brexit could could uh, uh, severely change the CMU. So, how do you think it's going to have an impact on, on
2: that? Well, I think in the near term, we comply with uh, EU requirements is the simple answer. Um, I think we've got a road ahead of us that has a uh, fair amount of uncertainty to it. And um, I think the industry uh, can't wait uh, for the final outcome. And so you're beginning to see um, moves around legal entity positioning. You're beginning to see uh, concerns around um, employees' Uh, talent mobility and even talent acquisition in new markets like uh, Dublin and uh, Frankfurt. Uh, so I think we have a, a you know a period of uncertainty here and it's um, you know it's simply a uh, it's a challenge for the industry it's a challenge for our clients it's more uncertainty on top of uh, significant intensity around the regulatory demands and frankly the changing landscape in uh, and, and um, pressures that our, our asset management clients have, uh, you know, uh, around the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you think it, it could uh,
1: have impacts that the UK might not be able to have um, influence on some of the C- CMU initiatives now? Depends on the outcome. Yeah. I mean,
2: the the, the, the key point is around passporting the services. Uh, the key point is around, uh, you know, employment, passporting of employees. Um, so it depends on, on the outcome. I think. Um, I think my personal view, the State Street view, is that we ought to plan for the hard exit, be prepared for that, uh, make sure that we have a, an ability to be able to contract and support our clients in multiple markets, and um, where it traditionally may have been done through uh, a UK distribution uh, channel, I think now it's going to be done through channels that are uh, more diversified. Mm-hmm. And that's going to put stress, and that's going to change uh, stress on our, our on the industry. It's going to put uh, it's going to uh, change the business models that uh, that folks have been operating uh, traditionally. Actually, just going to take a slight step back there, and Jeff, just ask you a bit more about your actual
1: role yourself, and then kind of what you're oh, responsible sure. for, yeah. and Maybe how you got to this this point as well.
2: Well, just under uh, 30 years of Stay Street, uh, my second tour uh, in Europe. Uh, I spent 2002 that through through 2005 six uh, here in, um, in Europe and then I just came back two years ago and uh, I think it's just a it's a wonderful the region's a wonderful place to do business the UK is a wonderful place to do business uh, they've been um, very gracious and, and uh, you know nice greetings to uh, reintroduce myself to the uh, to the market um, and even though we have a fair amount of uncertainty, uh, you know, economically and rec- from a regulatory perspective, uh, social perspective, frankly, across the region, I think there's still some good opportunities for uh, organization- organizations like State Street to grow. So Um
1: so talking about Europe, obviously, one of the big things going on in Europe for the moment is, is MIFID 2, has been for a few years and probably will continue to be uh, in the future. So. Jeff, in your opinion, and yeah, you know, talking to clients and from your point of view, what are the real sticking points of Mifid two, and, and and what are what are clients asking you uh, for help for at the moment? Yeah, it's it's,
2: it's um, maybe I'll give you two comments. One is more macro, one's more micro. Uh, at the macro level, uh, changing business models, changing uh, commercial practices, and um, you know, again, I just I overlay that on everything else I just talked about. Um, you know, uh, when you and I'm going to go a bit wide here, but I, I start thinking about the impact commercially on those business models, and I translate to what pressures they have from new investor demand. Uh, you know, the shift that we're seeing in the U.S., this passive or uh, active to passive shift. Uh, in Europe, you're seeing a search for yield, um, you know, given the negative interest rate environment at, at banks. and and demands for uh, multi-asset class uh, solutions. And so you've got a, you know, a MIFID dynamic that's changing commercial practices while at the same time you've got um, macro dynamics that are changing business models as well. And um, so that's more the uh, the macro point. At, at the micro level, uh, the ability to be able to aggregate multiple sources of data and translate into that into transaction reporting requirements and other things, that's, that's pretty, um, it's hard, harder than it sounds. Um, you know, when I think about MIFID or I think about uh, the capital markets union uh, requirements uh, that are ahead, I do think about the regulatory environment in general, and, and I'll just offer you maybe a couple of mm-hmm. comments on that. One, um, you know, it's the new world, and it's not going away, and I think we ought to plan for it to stay, and I think we as an industry or state street specifically needs to be the best at it, and that's the way our mindset should be. It, it's not a uh, something that you hunker down, the storm's going to pass. It's It's here. And, um, and and I think the industry needs to get their head around being the best at it. Um, there will be uh, a level of intensity that we all feel for, you know, as more things come through the pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you combine that with the uncertainty I, I mentioned, I think that you've got a fair road ahead of us in terms of uh, regulatory requirements uh, and, you know, in terms of what the UK could require and, and what the EU could require and then the transition period in between. Um, and, you know, I think, um, but, what, but ultimately, what for us, it means getting closer to our clients. It's uh, not only do we have to comply ourselves, but we have to support our clients in their transition. And in that regulatory environment, I mentioned the business model change at our clients' uh, shop, but it's also creating opportunities for us to play in different ways and change our own business model, introduce new products. Um, You know, you look at the prime brokerage market and you start introducing new services like enhanced custody or when you think about traditional ways that foreign exchange was uh, uh, transacted and now it's becoming more electronic. Um, There's many examples of how regulation is changing business models and creating ultimately new opportunities. The stress point is the shift from point A to point B uh, while you have all the other things we talked about.
0: Yeah, there definitely seems like I suppose we've got this kind of roughly 14 months of continued uncertainty until MIFID 2 is at, introduced at least, probably more afterwards, yeah. but you know, in, in that time we're certainly seeing a lot of banks, I suppose, kind of pull back, they kind, mm-hmm. kind of think, you know, what do we do? How do we react to this? Yeah. And I guess, as you say, the key is going to be, if you go down that positive route of going, where can I make an opportunity out of this, as opposed to those who are kind of pulling back and going, I'm really worried, I'm really scared about
2: yeah. the future. Yeah, I think um, so. You know, it's just uh, one person's opinion, one organization's opinion, but I think you need to pick a, a direction, and you got to go hard at it. Yeah, uh, because the uncertainty is going to remain. Um, I think you bring up a very good point, though, and I, and I didn't mention it should have. This period requires all of us to make choices. And there's some things that used to be nice-to-haves, and we can't afford to do those anymore. Mm-hmm. And we have to focus on the have-to-haves. And in and, and the terminology I would use within Europe is double down on the core, right? Focus on what your core offering is, what, what what you're good at, and then double down on it. And things that are outside that core, you need to make some strategic decisions about whether you continue with them or not. And you're seeing that across uh, the industry, and ultimately, I think that's um, that's going to be for the better. Uh, it'll allow us to have a more laser-like focus on delivering for our customers and maintaining and managing the risk uh, dynamic that we have within our franchises. I certainly think we
1: went to site loss event this year in Geneva, which we haven't done, obviously, a podcast since then, but there was a lot less talk about concerns and worries about uncertainty and more kind of positivity about the future, about technology advances and you know, what you're saying. Do, do you think... Yeah, we have turned the corner a bit, or maybe we just got used to the uncertainty and regulatory uh, kind of challenges, but
2: uh, just see a bit more optimism around around the future in that way. I I do. I think the industry has got its head around uncertainty. Mm -hmm. It's getting its head around the continued regulatory environment, and they should be optimistic. I mean, if you look at the the negative interest rate environment uh, is what it is, but what that's doing as an example is creating savings rates that are double that of the U.S., and that money is going into mutual funds, which is creating growth in the mutual fund space. And if you look at the shift from defined benefit to defined contribution, significant asset pools coming to the market uh, for us to serve or manage. Um, so there's a there's a there's a number of trends, or even the alternative space, as there's a search for yield. You know, the alternative managers through liquid alts or other uh, vehicles are are seeing growth. So. I think there should be a level of optimism, and I, I think the organizations that can, again, be decisive in terms of their direction can make choices along the way and uh, and execute flawlessly in this environment, while at the same time staying shoulder to shoulder with their clients. I think they'll be successful.
0: Uh, so, Jeff, there's been a lot of a, a kind of I guess a bit of a shake up in the UK regulatory scene. Uh, you know, we've seen Andrew Bailey from. From the Bank of England uh, now now heading up the FCA. Do you think that we're going to see a bit of a change in the way that the FCA operates? Do you think there might be a little bit more alignment between
2: the the two sort of key regulators in the UK market? Yeah, so I I think, um, you know, my experience with Andrew and his uh, reputation across uh, the market is that, um, I mean, he's a good banker, and he's very astute in terms of the market. And I also have found him uh, personally to be extremely collaborative, and you see that with um, you know his ent- entree into the uh, into the FCA, um, his leadership style. I mean, it's a it's an outsider's view, but I feel a, a level of energy when I was in there a couple of weeks ago meeting with Andrew. Um, I also um, think that the example of um, his um, engagement with the industry—he's uh, reached out and and sought industry advice as to the mission for the FCA, the mission and purpose of the FCA. And, and, um, and this is an example of uh, what I think you'll find with Andrew, which is uh, a very astute leader for the organization, very much in line with what's required in the market, but also what, what's going on in the industry. And, um, and you'll find that he will be very collaborative with the industry uh, in the right places to make sure that, um, you know, that that, that, that there's reasonable alignment, but while at the same time there's clear accountability from the industry back to the, uh, to the regulator. Okay. Okay. So
1: I heard the word collaboration there twice. So I think that's a good way to lead on to, uh, your (laughs) event, a plug for the event tomorrow. So, uh, thanks for that, Jeff. Um, so we, tomorrow Global Custodian is hosting, Uh, collaborate to innovate event uh, with in partnership with Swift and six so there's a few spaces left for that we're holding it at the London Stock Exchange Uh, panel should be kicking off about five o'clock so anyone that's interested uh, in joining please log on to GC and you should find a link on there Jeff, any thoughts on collaboration and the importance? Uh, I, I, of you know, from I, I
2: think in this environment, the more you get the industry together to talk about, you know, tough topics and change, and you know, we didn't touch on the digital space, but all that's going on there, and I think it's all good. Great. Digital. We, we've
0: got another nice lead on there because there's, yeah. um, there's a new technology supplement. that's going to be. We should in invite Jeff back every week, I think. Other, right? yeah, yeah, he's got all of our points right there. Um, there's going to be a, uh, a new supplement in the upcoming issue of Global Custodian and also our sister title, The Trade, focused on uh, what's going on in financial technology uh, across the whole securities industry. So it's going to be you know right from the, the kind of trading desk all the way through uh, to clearing settlement post trade and stuff. So uh, do watch out for that. There's some uh, really quite interesting features uh, going to be coming up in that. And uh, last of all, I believe there's some uh, awards going to be handed out
1: next month. Yes, New York Awards, uh, Global Custodians Leaders uh, in Custody Awards will take place in New York on November 30th. Uh, And yeah, please get in touch if you're interested in attending. The shortlist is up on the website at the moment. Okay, brilliant. Well,
0: that is all we have time for uh, today. Uh, so I'd just like to thank J-Dub and especially to thank Jeff for coming down to speak to us Thanks today. If uh, us. if you're in the industry and you want to be on our podcast, then please do get in touch with myself or uh, J-Dub. And uh, that's all from us. Thanks a lot. Bye.